0: A few weeks ago, I gave a summary of the different subjects that we would cover during this jubilee year of mercy. Subjects that would touch upon our relationship with God and the experience of sin and mercy. And I told you, and I was very careful to mention this, that we are going to look at all these things in the light of love and in relationship. So the topic for today is conscience. And I think you are going to find this very, very helpful. We are going to use the gospel reading that the Lord has given us today as a way to launch in to understanding. The place and the role of conscience, first for Jesus and then, of course, how it applies to us. In order to understand conscience, we first have to go back to the baptism of Jesus in the Jordan where we see this conscious awareness of Jesus' relationship with the Father, His knowledge of the Father's love, His understanding of His identity as beloved Son, and of the will of the Father on how to live out that Sonship in His human life. This is what formed the conscience of Jesus. He held this relationship, the Father's love and will, as the greatest good and treasure of His life. And it was the knowledge of the Father, His love, His identity and His will, that allowed Jesus to make clear, practical, moral judgments with regard to what was good and what was evil in all the decisions and actions of his life. Whatever helped him to stay in relationship with the Father, whatever helped him to be faithful to the Father's will, was good. But whatever would take him out of relationship with the Father, weaken his love, or take him outside of the Father's will, was evil. This is the role of conscience. It is not a feeling and a sense that something is off. Conscience is a moral judgment that I make with my mind that has been formed by the truth. The truth of my Father in heaven, the truth of His very special, intimate love for me, and of the revelation of how to live out that relationship with God in my daily human life. So when Jesus now goes into the desert, now we hear the voice of, of another father, the father of lies. The devil would love to have Jesus as his son, and therefore through these temptations, he attacks Jesus at the level of identity. If you are the Son of God, Satan is always trying to confuse us or to make us forget our identity as beloved sons and daughters of God. Because if he can weaken that, we are more gullible and vulnerable to temptation. And then, Satan tries to reinterpret what it means to live as a son. He tries with the lies and deceptions to reinterpret the Father's will for Jesus. And this is always what he's trying to do for us. If you are the Son of God, change that stone into a loaf of bread. Do not trust God's providence to take care of you. Take care of yourself. And the second temptation, do not seek the glory of God. Do not lean on the power of God. Seek rather the power and the glory of the world. And the last temptation, use your gifts and your power to show off, to aggrandize yourself, To build up your own ego. To make your own mark on the world. In every temptation, he is trying to lead Jesus outside of the will of the Father. And because Jesus' conscience is well formed, he sees clearly that these temptations do not align with the love of the Father in His will, so He rejects them. This is the beautiful role of conscience. It protects the relationship which which is the greatest good and treasure of our life. It clarifies love and it protects love. Now, Whenever this relational dimension is missing, the danger is that legalism will take its place. Whenever the commandments of God, whenever the laws of God or the laws of the church, whenever the faith is passed down in a way that does not keep this personal, intimate relationship with God at the center, then our faith becomes legalistic. It becomes divorced from that which gives it its meaning and purpose. Then the commandments and the laws lose their powerful, motivating force, which is love. My relationship is not with a list of do's and don'ts. My relationship is not first with a list of commandments. My relationship is with a person. And it's only in that relationship that is lived in love that I can understand the role of the commandments. I can understand the laws of God and of the church that are placed at the service of love that clarify the path of God's will and the way of love for a child of God. When this was missing at different times in the history of the church, it resulted in in generations of Catholics who became scrupulous and neurotic with regard to sin, carrying heavy burdens of shame and guilt that they could not shake off. And some, in response, responded in rebellion and just threw the whole thing out altogether. The problem with that is sometimes we throw out the baby with the bathwater, unable to discern in what we have received, what is of God and what is good. This is why we need to talk about conscience in a right way so that we can allow the Lord to take away These misconceptions and false experiences of conscience. Otherwise, all we have is the law, and the only motivation is fear fear of punishment or fear of hell. Jesus did not act out of fear of punishment. Jesus acted out of a fear that is born of love, which is the gift of the Holy Spirit, a fear of hurting or wounding or saddening the heart of the one He loved. That is the right kind of fear. To have just a fear of punishment or a fear of hell is a juvenile level of faith, but the goal, as the Bible tells us, is to allow the Lord to cast out these fears by the gift of perfect love. That is the only right and good motive, to do what is right. And so, in this understanding, to examine my conscience, is not so much looking at a list as it is looking into the eyes of the beloved. It is looking into my heart, into the heart of the one I love, and examining the condition of my love. And if that relationship is already present, then yes, I can look at the commandments. I can look at the commandments and use them as a way to examine my love with God and the way I'm living out that love in all of my other relationships. Conscience is a gift. And because, like Jesus, I value my relationship with God and His will more than anything else in my life, I want to form my conscience by the truth that God has revealed of His love for me and of His will on how to live out my life as a child of God. Because it's from that that all the blessings of my life come. It's living a life full of joy It's living a life that leads me straight like an arrow to God and to heaven. There are a lot of people who form their conscience by the world and the secular culture. I do not form my conscience in that way. I have a right conscience that can make practical, clear judgments on what we've talked about if it is formed not by the culture, not by the peer group, not by the opinions of my neighbors, but formed by the revelation of God that is found in the Scriptures and the traditional teaching of the church and protected by the Holy Spirit. That is the only way that I can know if my decisions and my actions conform to God's will. So my dear friends, the next topic we will talk about is guilt. Because there is a lot of unhealthy guilt in our human experience and in our culture. But today, let us thank God for the gift of conscience and for the role that it plays in our life to safeguard the greatest gift, our relationship with God and all the blessings that flow from that. Amen.